0: Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, April the 14th. Coming up, I'm going to have details on the all-important weather forecast for the long Easter weekend. But first today, the Prime Minister's been in Kent to tell us how he plans to try and stop asylum seekers from crossing the Channel in small boats. This has been a topic we've reported on extensively and you may well remember last year the shocking deaths of 27 people when their boat sank after leaving France. Well, Boris Johnson has been in lid and revealed details of a partnership that's been agreed with Rwanda. It'll see some asylum seekers who arrive here being flown to the African country. Here's what the PM had to say.
1: The most tragic of all forms of illegal migration, which we must end, with this approach is the barbaric trade in human misery conducted by the people smugglers in the Channel. Before Christmas, 27 people drowned and in the weeks ahead there could be many more losing their lives at sea and whose bodies may never be recovered. Around 600 came across the Channel yesterday. In just a few weeks, this could again reach 1,000 a day. I accept that these people, whether they are 600 or 1,000, are in search of a better life, the opportunities that the United Kingdom provides, and the hope of a fresh start. But it is these hopes, those dreams, that have been exploited. These vile people smugglers are abusing the vulnerable and turning the channel into a watery graveyard with men, women and children drowning in unseaworthy boats and suffocating in refrigerated lorries. From today, the Royal Navy will take over operational command from Border Force in the Channel, taking primacy for our operational response at sea, in line with many of our international partners, with the aim that no boat makes it to the UK undetected. This will be supported by £50 million of new funding for new boats, aerial surveillance and military personnel, in addition to the existing task force of patrol vessels, wildcat helicopters, search and rescue aircraft, drones and remotely piloted aircraft. This will send a clear message to those piloting the boats. If you risk other people's lives in the Channel, you risk spending your own life in prison. We are expanding our immigration detention facilities to assist with the removal of those with no right to remain in the UK. We are investing over half a billion pounds in those efforts and this is on top of overhauling our arrivals infrastructure here in Kent. With new processing facilities now operational at Western Jetfoil, and at Manston.
0: Around 600 people arrived in Britain after crossing the Channel in small boats just yesterday. But charities are not happy with the Prime Minister's plan and have branded it cruel and nasty. Kent Refugee Action Network have sent a statement to the Kent Online podcast. It says this is yet more performative cruelty from a government which pledged to offer a warm welcome to those fleeing the war in Ukraine, but who have offered a cold shoulder to many of those fleeing conflicts and persecution elsewhere. The public should be very sceptical of these plans. They will be open to legal challenge and it's likely that very few people will ever actually be sent to Rwanda. You can read that full statement at Kent Online and let's hear now from Steve Valdez-Simmons who's from Amnesty International.
2: It's an appalling announcement. There's nothing new whatsoever in terms of truly addressing the need for this country to sort its asylum system out and share its responsibilities with the rest of the world for receiving people who need asylum and are entitled to it and doing far more than we do at the moment, which is so far less than other people, and merely trying to find other countries, let alone countries with human rights records like Rwanda, to take our responsibilities instead is a, a, a truly awful way of addressing a global need and even worse, We've seen this policy played out elsewhere in the world. Australia has pursued this. It's a very cruel policy that's done enormous harm to people at huge cost to the Australian taxpayer and been completely ineffective. So knowing all of that, it really beggars belief that our government is determined to go ahead with this. When the media highlight is on and the public can see what's needed, you get a response like we've just had to Ukraine and lo and behold, the government then lets everybody down. So instead of these constant efforts to shun and shirk responsibility, why on earth will the government not take the lead, back the British public, or at least the many of them who want to be supportive and enable this country to grow its capacity and sustain a capacity rather than constantly wrecking what capacity there is. It's always been the case that there have been many members of the public, many of our members at Amnesty, but many other people across the country who are very supportive of the needs of refugees and very active in their local communities to support people seeking asylum and support people granted asylum here. But very little of that gets attention. Now, the Ukraine um, crisis has given opportunity for so much of that to come forward and show itself. And it's been a complete embarrassment to the government, because not only had before then the government been trying its damnedest actually to avoid even taking any responsibility for Ukrainian refugees, the limited response that the government has now made has been shown to be appallingly ineffective anyway, and it's not only letting down there for Ukrainian refugees, it's letting the British public down too.
0: Now, these refugees are from Afghanistan. They're currently just outside Calais in France, where many of the small boats set off from.
2: We can't live in our country since there are Taliban. Our life is in danger in Afghanistan. So if they take us to Africa, what are we going to do there?
0: We started from since 20th century in Afghanistan, and they are suffering too much. And now in Ukraine, this is just started, and everyone is just thinking about Ukrainian people. This is not fair for us. Plenty of you having a say on this story today. You can add a comment and also read about the handling of the announcement by the Downing Street team by heading to Kent Online. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and a motorist who deliberately drove his van at a pensioner walking near Cranbrook has been jailed for 15 years. Charles Wood left his victim with a bleed on the brain and broken bones after mounting a pavement on Rye Road in Sandhurst in March 2020. The 59-year-old who's from the same road was found guilty of attempted murder and has been banned from driving for 12 years. A boy found dead at the bottom of cliffs in Dover has been named. Matty Herb. was celebrating his 12th birthday and had been walking along the top of the cliffs near Swingate on April the 4th with his mother. An inquest has heard she realised he was no longer with her and called the Coast Guard. Matty was from Pinner in London and tributes online have described him as a beloved brother, son, friend and student who was loving, caring, funny and kind. The hearing was adjourned until June. A man who violently attacked a young woman as she walked home in Maidstone, then fled the country, has been jailed. The victim was taken to hospital with serious facial injuries after being assaulted on Lower Stone Street in the early hours three years ago. Gabriel Callen travelled to Romania but was tracked down and arrested.
3: Okay, Gabriel. Obviously, we're now back in uh, the UK. Okay. And the court in Maidstone have issued a warrant for your arrest in connection with an assault, a serious
2: assault that took place in Maidstone in February. You understand? Yes. are now under arrest. Remind that you do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defense if
0: you do not a bunch of weird questions or leave you later and your line. Cool. Anything you do say may be given in evidence. The 29-year-old who doesn't have a permanent address has now been locked up for more than six years. A seven oaks man's been charged after £16 million worth of crystal meth was seized in Australia. The 52-year-old is accused of paying for a shipment containing 24 kilos of the drug. Two other men from Orpington and Croydon have also been charged for their suspected involvement. P&O ferries have suffered another setback in their plans to resume services between Dover and Calais this Easter weekend. The pride of Kent ship is still being detained following another safety inspection, while their Spirit of Britain failed checks earlier this week. It's feared cross-channel disruption will cause even more queues on Kent's roads over the next few days. The company has apologised after confirming it won't be running any services. It's now four weeks since they suddenly sacked almost 800 staff and suspended sailings while bringing in a lower-paid crew. Meantime, people living near Dover say the noise from queuing lorries is like the soundtrack to a horror movie. Residents in Acliffe have told us drivers are constantly beeping their horns as they sit in traffic on the A20 on their way to the port. This is what it sounds like. planning to hold a demonstration this weekend as they say it's keeping them up at night. Highways bosses have told the podcast they appreciate the concerns but are unable to change the system. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group. With car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone, police are hunting whoever's responsible for a fire that left 7,000 homes in parts of Kent without phone service. A fence was set alight and damaged some traffic signals on the A274 earlier this month. It affected homes and businesses in Sutton Valence and Staplehurst, and officers want to hear from anyone with CCTV in the area. A Gillingham man says he's lucky not to have been blinded after a vape spat hot fluid in his face. Alan Martin didn't realise he'd been charging it with a 5-amp USB plug rather than the recommended 1-amp, which caused it to malfunction. He's calling for all vapes to be sold with the correct adapters so others don't experience the same thing. Now, a Kent teenager who suffered sexual harassment when she was just 13 is backing calls for it to be made a criminal offence. It says a new study shows more than a quarter of people in the county have experienced it or know someone who has. Data from girls' rights charity Plan International UK also shows nearly half of those surveyed consider public sexual harassment a major or moderate problem. What we're talking about here is things like being followed, shouted at, wolf-whistled, groped or even exposed to unwanted sexual advances. Elodie has been speaking
4: about her experience to Ish. I've experienced public sexual harassment so much it seems like a part of my daily life now but I remember the first time I ever experienced it was when I was 13 and it was about 7.30 in the morning and I'd just been for a run and I was walking home very tired, pretty cold just wanted to get back to my house and then I heard from the main road a car honking its horn and for a moment I was really surprised and I was quite excited to be honest I looked around because I wondered if maybe it was someone I knew or my brother or someone so I looked and I found the car but then that's when I realized that I did not know the man inside the car and it was really confusing especially the way he looked at me Was really uncomfortable. He looked like he was proud of what he'd done and like it was okay. And I still didn't quite understand what was going on, but it made me feel so uncomfortable and embarrassed because it had drawn attention to me in front of all the cars that were in a sort of traffic jam along the road. So I walked home as quickly as I could and I told my mum what had happened. And that's when she explained to me what public sexual harassment was. And it was really shocking and uncomfortable because even though I'd heard and seen in the news all the terrible things that can happen to women, you know, all the stories of violence against women and girls, I never thought it would be something that would affect me. So it was really eye opening and alarming. And since then, it's really changed my perspective and made me eager to advocate for change.
2: Yeah, sadly, what you've described is something we hear. Quite often, unfortunately. Um, how has it changed you? You said that it changed your perspective. Do you do something differently when you go out? Has it changed your behaviour in any way?
4: Well, for a long time, I I hated the experience, and I still do. It's it's awful. So naturally, I looked for a way to stop that, and I found that it's very easy to find advice on how to stop it. Everyone always focuses on how to stop being harassed. So I tried all the things that were being suggested. I stopped going out to run. I changed my outfits when I went out. I walked different routes. But really what I found was this was limiting my freedom so much and really damaging my quality of life and my mental health and stopping me from exercising and doing the things I wanted to do. And the harassment still didn't stop. And that's when I realized that really there is nothing that we can do as victims of public sexual harassment to stop it other than educate others. And that's not a personal responsibility, which is why I started campaigning with Plan International UK and Our Streets Now to make public sexual harassment a crime. And since then, I've tried to talk to male friends and family members. And rather than changing the way I behave, try to encourage other people to understand what is and isn't okay.
0: She's now working with the charity to raise awareness. Meantime, a 42-year-old man's been arrested following inappropriate behaviour on a bus in Ashford. The suspect is reported to have been acting indecently while the vehicle had stopped at Chestnut Lane in Kingsnorth. Kent Online reports. A Tunbridge Wells burglar who was caught after spending a victim's cash on drinks at a pub has been jailed for 14 months. Scott Parker also stole a mobile phone from a house in Birch Close in Sherwood in February. A 46-year-old from Hornbeam Avenue was stopped by officers who recognised him from CCTV. It's feared the site of a pub in Kent, which burnt down after being struck by lightning, could be sold off for housing. The green man near New Ash Green was destroyed in the blaze last June. Villagers raised thousands of pounds in a bid to keep it open, but are now worried the land will be disposed of. The owner says discussions with the current tenant are still ongoing. The removal of one of Ashford's busiest roundabouts has been postponed due to Operation Brock still being in place on the M20. A stretch of the A2070 Badmonster Rifle Road was set to become a single lane in both directions from next Tuesday, but national highways say given the disruption on the motorway at the moment, the work will now begin on April the twenty fifth. An Instagram famous cookie business is moving into a new shop in at Whitstable Harbour. Dunk Cookies has 30,000 followers and is one of 15 companies chosen for the new South Key Shed development. It's due to open in the next few weeks. Some of the other units will be filled by a sushi bar, burger restaurant and coffee shop. A group of former Premier League footballers will be playing in Kent tonight to raise money for those affected by the war in Ukraine. Snodden Town is hosting a charity game. Crystal Palace legend Clinton Morrison, Chelsea's Jody Morrison, ex-Burnley star John Harley will be taken to the pitch with kickoff at at 6.30. And if you have plans for the Easter weekend, the good news, it's set to be dry and sunny. Forecasters reckon temperatures in Kent could reach 20 degrees over the next few days. There could be a bit more cloud around on Monday towards the west of the county but staying bright in the east it will be a little bit cooler on the coast
1: Kent Online Sports
0: football and it's a massive Easter weekend coming up for Gillingham as they look to avoid relegation from League One, they're back in the drop zone on goal difference, well tomorrow they travel to mid-table Cheltenham Town, we've been catching up with manager Neil Harris.
3: We we take one game at a time so we just focus on on Friday, Cheltenham it's a tough enough game already going the season they've had Um, so we, we just focus on that one and Again, I've said it all along, we can only control what we can control. You know, if Someone's asked me the other day like, what, what fixtures have Morecambe got left, Fleet we've got left, and I said, well, I know Fleet we've got us. I said, but other than that, I, I can't control what they do. So I need to just focus on, on my own team um, and, and getting us through training sessions and through games um, and preparing correctly for the, for the fixtures. So uh, that, that rubs off on the players. Um, I thought, to be honest, watching the game back and have, having sort of. Calm myself down after being infuriated with aspects of the performance but the referee as well at the weekend um, Calm myself down watching the game back Sunday morning with a cup of coffee and, and I thought played a little bit edgy in the first half I thought we made a couple of strange decisions with the ball certainly um, went into a couple of tackles we might not have made um, I bet the lads do it for the right reasons but second half after, after we adjusted um, and, and, and probably had a Few words with the lads as well. Uh, second half, we, we look much better. So again, credit goes to the players for responding in, the, in in the right manner, and and that be the message moving forward. Look how far we've come in a short space of time. Embrace the challenge. Enjoy the next two games. You know the the, the beauty at the moment. We still don't have to preempt anything or, or look to the future. We can just focus on the next game. And uh, to make up ten points in, in under ten weeks is is you know, great for the group to do it um, and just to give ourselves a chance with four games to go. I think it was probably a surprise to the, the league. Um, certainly a, a, a fear probably in other teams um, around us. Um, but the fact that the group, they're capable of winning games. We, we've proven that. We've proven that we can compete with the best teams um, and we've proven we can beat teams around us and below us. So um, again, we just have to go to Cheltenham and, and give a good account of ourselves collectively and individually. And that's all I can ask from my players.
0: Take-off tomorrow is at three and you'll be able to follow the match action as always at Kent Online. The Jules welcome Fleetwood Town to Priestfield on Monday. And in cricket, Kent have welcomed Lancashire to Canterbury for their first home game of the new season. It follows their draw away at Essex last week. Head to the sports pages of Kent Online to keep up to date with their progress. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online Premium site. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And on the site today, you can read our latest food review as we check out the Dartford Chippy that's rated amongst the best in the UK. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Sayat, and Vauxhall.